Secretico en reunión es mala educación. <laughs> Join us this week as we talk about the ways the pandemic restructured our nest for good. And we do a little gossiping too. <laughs> like a sparrow building shelter with branches for its young. My mother built a nest with love for her little ones. My grandfather told her it doesn't matter what you have. The only thing you need for life is each other's helping hands. Never the emptiness, my mother Everyone, welcome to Never the Empty Nest. This is Nicole. And this is Jackie. Here we are once again. It's usually Vanessa, um, but this is our second time in a row where Vanessa has been unavailable. And we are here, just you and me, Mom. How are you? I am hanging in there. Be a little specific. How was your week? My week was a big surprise. As you know, Vanessa's not here because she and uh, her husband Ignacio, Ignesa, how we call them, um, had sort of a very short uh, couple of days business trip, which they decided, you know, just to chill on those two days, maybe spend a, an evening together that they haven't done probably in a thousand years. Mm -hmm. So um, I have the kids, Taika and Marina, and they were fine when the parents dropped them off. And thank God they're coming back tonight. Marina has a most horrible congestion. Oh, God. It, not a most horrible. I, I misspoke. It's uh, one of those typical super baby uh, toddler congestions. No fever, thank goodness, but cough, runny nose. Moco fest. Moco fest. A total moco fest. She hates me now because I am the moco cleaner and yes. uh, an extractor. The sucker of all the boogers. Yes. And so she doesn't like me right now. That's fine. And then Taika had the remnants of what must have been what she had, but he, he's fine. He's not a big deal, except that he had this horrible nightmare last night oh no he's been having a night terror yes. he had so another he had one a night terror <gasps> and then the mother here i am speaking of the children without the parents consent but that's fine uh, i think and um so vanessa calls at night it was 10 43 they were sort of because the night before they you can tell that they're in abu mom's house right a disaster on this after no discipline it's yes no it is a I mess tried. when I, when we're I at your tried. house it's a mess Yeah, so they went to bed almost at midnight. But yesterday, they, 10.43, Carlos and I said, wow, okay, we're better than yesterday. They were calm. Boom, Vanessa calls, FaceTime. She messes it up, of course. You know, she reads a book. She sang La Pajara Pinta, which is this adorable Cuban song. And then he starts the inside cry because he starts missing her, I guess. And uh, But then Marina catches on. She was falling asleep, by the way. <gasps> and she just got her second wind. And she went to the floor. And between the mocos and the coughing and the, she wanted to play. And she was happy with her little 
grocery cart, and then Vanessa says, "Okay, well, bye." Yeah, of course. And now she leaves you with the excited children. The poor thing. She she sang to them. She did everything she does when she's with them, and and they both did, and and um, they read a book. But they were super on when when she hung up. And then Marina started coughing. She threw up because oh nothing to do with Vanessa, obviously. This is to do with yeah, her yeah, whole yeah. Moko land. And then Taika finally fell asleep. And we said, oh, oh, and then here I'm wearing my mask because, you know, I had three pneumonias pre pandemic so i'm very careful my mother's 90 years old i mean we know we we try to protect her as much as we can from any cold or flu or whatever i mean she's inoculated but still that's been the last three days and i'm thinking why didn't why don't i remember this this way when the girls were going up i mean i'm sure you had colds actually you had a little pneumonia when you were little and I was I was just overwhelmed with all of this and I think it's because I'm older and I guess not wiser or whatever but I think it's because of I I, I became you know the worry wart I was just so anxious that they were uh, you know not feeling too too well and and you know what do I do can I give them this can I give them that so you know I'm a, kind of out of practice on that yeah. end Well there's two things you're older so you literally I swear my mother if you talk to my mom about motherhood, she makes it sound like it's so dandy, rainbows, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And I'm like, mom, and then I have my fits and I'm like, I think you really forgot. I literally think you forgot. It was a long time ago. Sorry, no offense. But also the older you get, the more tired and stressed you get, the more worried you get about things. Like I worry about crazy stuff. I was 22. Yeah. I feel like when you're a younger mom, you don't, I think you just don't stress as much and you kind of just go with the flow maybe but you also forgot you clearly forgot because it's a lot and it's insane and it's like to pull your hairs out sometimes yes so thank you vanessa for calling late last night she probably yes. wanted to spend time and she felt of bad course. and missed them of and all course. that but honestly why did you pick up the, i would have been like no they're falling asleep you'll see them well, tomorrow remember i'm the guardian i'm supposed to be obedient to the mother and the father so yeah but so you're I the say, queen okay. bee you're the mom yeah. oh my goodness it was so so i have decided that I will not stay with sick children. No. If the, wait, if the parents aren't here, because with you, we have stayed together. Like Joaquin was really sick when he came. Yeah, because Taika gave him yes. his cold and I had nowhere else but to go. But you were with me. So right. I felt, you know, I had, you know, that comfort that, you know, mommy's right, here. I was there. If she's I was in there. town, she's in town. But, right, right, right. You know, I'm uh, so. It's stressful. Yeah. It's stressful, when but the, they're fine. I mean, they yeah. they were even they were happy and 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 playing and, uh, but yeah, it was a little stressful. <laughs> well, they get back today, and you will be relieved, and then you'll just have a ninety-year-old mother to take care of. That's right. <laughs> other than a nine-year-old and two small children with mocos. Yes, mocos are boogers for those who don't speak Spanish. Yeah, I had like a a, a crazy morning. First of all, I woke up super early. I had to like do some work and, you know, either way we're waking up super early because our puppy, Rose, gets up super early, anywhere from 4.45 to 5.30. So I'm up and then I just get emotional because I'm talking to Jonathan, we're having coffee and I'm like, <sighs> I start to cry, <laughs> I have a meltdown. Oh, yeah, because, well, okay, 
What time was that? You could have called me. No, it, it was like a quick thing and I didn't have time to have the... I had like a mini meltdown and I was like, okay, okay snap out of it. Get your <laughs> ish together. You got to yeah. keep going. Well, I've been having this... Uh, I'll be going to Miami to, for an acting gig in a couple weeks and I'm going to be gone an entire month. At first, I was going to take both kids because I've never been away from my kids for more than 48 hours. But Lily's in school now, like in real school, in first grade, they count her absences. She has homework, all this stuff. And yeah, she's only six, but she's already going to miss some weeks due to holiday traveling because then they have to quarantine and we always leave a little earlier. And so if she comes with me this month and then misses like two or three weeks or even a month during holidays, she's going to miss two months of school. Like she has to get to second grade. So I decided to have her stay here with Jonathan. Either way, we need someone to take care of the dog during the day. So I had to figure all that out. So I, we got my husband's niece, Eden, to, to come during that time. She just finished college. She's at home right now kind of trying to figure stuff out and find a job. So I said, well, in the meantime, why don't you come over and, you know, you want to watch my dog and hang out in L.A.? Thank you, Eden. Yeah, Eden is the best. And I thought it would be fun for her. I mean, she'd be in L.A. She'd be pretty much on her own here just like during the day. I mean, she has to help with the dog and take her out and stuff. But then... So it was just going to be the dog at first, but now I decided, you know, if it, if Jonathan is here, if Eden is Eden's family, and she adores Lily, my daughter adores her cousin Eden. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, maybe I'll just leave her, and we'll, we'll we'll see what two weeks looks like, and if she's having fun, I'll leave her here the whole month, and I'll take just Joaquin with me because he's not in school. So, anyways, in a nutshell, I start to feel guilty. I'm separating the siblings for that long. Am I a bad mother? How do people do this? I can't. I can't leave for a month. My child. What if she gets mad at me for leaving her and bringing Joaquim? What if she misses me so much? I'm gonna miss her. All this stuff, and I just got overwhelmed this morning. And Jonathan's like, actors do this all the time. They they have to do this. And I'm like, I know, but I just want to be at a point where I can bring her with me and get like a tutor or something, <laughs> so she can travel with me all the time. Anyway, so I had like a, a hard morning, and at the same time, at 7:45, I had to bring Lily with me to take the dog to get vaccinated at the vet and take her to school the vet was like not ready for rose i'm carrying her outside and she's a puppy and is scared of this other like huge dog there waiting outside too and is like super squirmy she can't touch floor and ground outside of our home because she's quarantining until she's fully vaccinated so i'm stressed out she peed in the car she peed on me i was full of puppy urine Lily's with me. I'm like, I'm going to take Lily to school and come back. I finally dropped the dog off. It was just like a very hectic morning. That's what I'm going through this week is like the figuring out work. And, you know, now that I'm kind of, I am, I, for the past year or two, I've been, you know, trying to do work again. And it's been hard because we don't have anyone here so the pandemic doesn't help either, the stress of the pandemic. Um, actually, that's what we're talking about. Why don't we start talking about what our topic of the day is? Well, believe it or not, everything that we said has in some way have to do with what we're going to touch on today, which is how households have changed, aka nests, and how shocks such as a pandemic affect them. We both, you more than me, just described how we've had to make decisions that are completely new, uh, not only because you're traveling and, you know, you've opened up to more 
projects, but because, you know, things are, are, are have certain restrictions because of the pandemic, less, less people are available. And so let's get going. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love my articles. <laughs> She sure does. <laughs> I just find this stuff fascinating. But anyways, it's only one article this time that we're going to talk about because it's actually packed with like really interesting information and studies. So basically, the it's from The Economist under Books and Arts. And it was, I think, out on in June 2020. And it's called Perspectives. The family unit has shaped people's experience of COVID-19 and in turn, the pandemic may affect the future of the family unit. But it also talks about how mom just said how external shocks, economic shocks, they have the power to alter the path of a family, a household, a nest, right? Because aside from pandemics, there's wars and there are deep recessions that leave marks, And I think they lead, and I don't think I know, but we will get into that, um, how they lead to a, a shift in family dynamics and who goes to work and who shares in all of that, who having more babies, having less babies. Uh, we're going to get into all this stuff and I find it super fascinating. But, you know, it starts with um, them talking about how this whole pandemic has been all about social distancing and enforced intimacy, right? And sometimes it, that has been very good and sometimes not so good. But they're talking about how like if COVID-19 happened a century ago, even more people in rich countries would have been sharing lockdown. In the early 20th century, quarantines forced more people together within the walls of a family home, right? So the average number of an American household in 1900 was at 4.6 and at 4 in 1930. Now it's at 2.6. That is like half. And you know what this totally made me think about, mom? <laughs> what, what did we just binge watch? Because I had never seen it, shockingly. Didn't it make you think of Downton Abbey? Yes. Because it was during that time, the, the I mean, it, it started before the pandemic, but That's you know, right. That's and, right. and then I was like, you know, back in the day, a lot of family members live together in one big house. Right. The mm -hmm. housekeepers and the butlers, everyone was in one <laughs> roof, under one roof. And that has shifted so much. Not that everyone is was super rich and had those big, huge houses with help. and But still, sister, siblings, parents, aunts, the grandmother lived next door but came every single day. I thought of that when I read this, uh, how the numbers have changed so much. I remember when we were watching it uh, again that we talked about that because we both liked it. I mean, here are all these people in this big old house. Obviously, it was like a castle. Yeah, not everyone let's lives just in say a castle. That, let's bring it down. Yeah. Uh, in this uh, big old house. And so the support was always there. So it's less lonely. Uh, if they had to lock down, they were all together. Mm -hmm. And I remember, and actually now that you're talking about that and what this article is saying about lockdown and how all these shocks, right, our latest, this pandemic, shapes the family mm -hmm. or the household, in our case, the nest. And I remember at the beginning for the lockdown that Vanya and I are, what, 10 minutes away? And we didn't see each other for about two months. She was locked in her house with the kids. I was here. Mm -hmm. with mamang and papang and we were working from home and then we started you know the world i don't remember if it was new zealand or you know who started talking about the 
pods of people just keep together. And so we, Bane was the one that said, hey, mom, I mean, how long are we going to do this? We, we, we're not going anywhere. We're all locked down. Let's get together. And we started getting together. And that made a big difference. That made a very big difference, just the fact that she could come here and I could go there. For us, it felt better. But it's very interesting how all these variables affect the way that households and homes are created and kept and changed and how dynamic that is and what we think you know, we pass judgment a lot. So before mm-hmm. kids started, you know, or when kids started or young adults started boomeranging, you know, when, when we had that, you know, the, 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 the recession and kids were coming back home. I remember hearing both sides. Oh, I'm so glad that they want to come back home. They either lost a job or et cetera. And then you had the other side that really rattled and shook the empty nest. You know, they mentioned that in the article, there's that study in London, and uh, University of Essex or something. Yes, um, yes. That, that, but I wanted to talk to you about that because I thought that I could see both sides, but for I, th- I feel like that's part of a culture uh, difference too, although I can see because I'm going to talk about how when I went, I boomeranged. By the way, I had no idea. Uh, I had never heard of the phrase boomerang. It told, makes perfect sense. I just had never heard of it. The study was that when kids went ba- boomeranged or young adults boomeranged and went home, the emptiness becoming full again, the parents, 75 or and under, their quality of life declined once it was refilled. I don't think that applies to us because it was never empty to begin with. And maybe that shock for some people I do understand, like when I left New York, when I went, I, I went through college in New Orleans and I went straight to New York for a couple of years with Vani. And so that was more or less almost six years not being home. And when I, you know, my life was a mess <laughs> at that time, I was a bit lost and overwhelmed. And I said, you know, I got to go home for a little while and figure things out and get my ish together and then go back, you know? And I did leave. I mean, I was a little depressed to go back home. I was like, I'm in my mid twenties, like, you know, tail between the, the legs, like shame, but at the same time, I was excited because I was like, God, I get to hang out with my family again. I haven't done that in so long. And then I, I also understand the parents like, oh, God, now I have to. Because I remember going, I was still in my mid-20s, so I was going out. I would stress you out so much. Remember me and Vanya would like go out till super late. I'm like, Mom, I'm an adult. I don't have to tell you anymore like when I'm coming home or who I'm with or where I'm going. And you're like, yes, you're stressing me out. You're in my roof and I have to know, I have to know. And I'm like, God, she probably did. Her quality of life probably did decline after I was home uh, those uh, mid to late 20s with you for sure. What do you feel about all that? No, I think it's it's super interesting, but very subjective because I was super uber excited that you guys were going to be home again. You know, I always worried. Are they in New York? Right, whether we're what in... What time are they yeah. taking the subway? You, but you're over there, and I didn't call you to tell you I was worried, but now we're together. And now I'm telling you, can you just tell me where you are? Plus, then you decided to be a bartender, <laughs> and you were a very good one, and you well, had really. your certification, <laughs> and, uh, and I still have the book. <laughs> but I didn't want you leaving the club where you bartended at what three o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the morning 
and drive across town. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I would have been just as worried. So I'm less worried knowing that you're there and that at such and such a time, I'll go pick you up. And you go from the club into the car and from the car into the house. Yeah, guys, I was not allowed in, at 26 to drive to my job at a nightclub. My mom refused and would drop me off and pick me up like a child. And I was a hostess in the VIP section of the club. I honestly hated that job. It was really, I thought I was going to love it, but I had to start at hostess. I really wanted to do bottle service, right? Because that's where the money's at. And you only work weekends. And as an actress, it was great. I'd be able to audition all week. Oh my God, it was hell. And I, then I decided to like, I was like, I'm going to be a preschool teacher. I've been all over the place, guys. I have changed <laughs> jobs many times. It wasn't only me, Vanessa disappeared one night with uh someone she was dating because she ended up <laughs> her first husband but do you remember that night that she disappeared that's gonna kill us why when she gets back we're talking about all these things about her life no we're not no okay it's fine okay i'm just saying that one time that you picked me up at the club and it was daylight and you're like your sister hasn't come home and you were crying and yelling and pissed and scared and it was like a thing and we drove around she's like she told me they were going to be in south beach we had to drive around miami beach i had been working all night and we were driving around looking for her car she finally called and was like, what? I'm sorry, my phone died. And we have to understand and give some backdrop. Vanessa was a bookworm. Oh my God, super. This was very unlike her, which is why you were freaking out. Yes. Truth be told that they always kept me in the loop of where they were going, or at least I thought yes. they, that they were where they were, but I think that they were. And so Vane you know, was not, uh, on the contrary, you know, go out, go to prom, you know, do this, do that. Uh, she didn't like that kind of stuff at that time. And then all of a sudden, one day she goes out, right? It's the middle of the night. It's the next day when we pick up Nikki at what, two, three o'clock in the morning. And I, and Vanessa's not here. I was mortified. I was so scared, praying, praying, praying. And I said, I'm going to go look for her. And so we went, picked up Nikki, went all over the beach. Finally, she called. And I was so happy to hear her voice. And I said, please don't do this to me anymore. So the difference is, which is what we were talking about, that when you're in in the house with with the parents. I, I actually thought when I read that, I said, isn't this the other way around? Isn't the young people the one that should be upset? And now they they were out there doing what their own yeah. thing. And now they come back to the parent, to their home. And the parents want to know where you are. Don't be late. Or if you're late, just let me know. Just For me particularly, I just want to know that you're safe. When I read it, that's how my head spinned. I said, really? The parents? But I guess, you know, it's subjective. So it's your Right, it's all relative and it's everyone's, every, everyone has different perspectives, different exactly. cultures or different ways they were brought up. Uh, I mean, it reminds me also of, oh my God, by the way, there was a teacher at Carrollton uh, or counselor, I can't remember, Miss Fenton, right? 
she sent me a message just a couple of days ago saying, oh my God, I love your podcast. So thank you for listening. And she said, it's, it's great to hear about Cuban families when I'm so far away from home because she lives in the UK with her husband and kids. Aww. And so the, since this was a study of like from London and, and the School of Essex and all that, it, it made me think of her and her comment because she said, you know, it's funny because here it's different. The family nest is different, just like some US families, you know, and, and that's not what I'm used to. And she said, you know, when I told my mother-in-law that if, you know, if my father-in-law died, would she come live with us? Her response was over my dead body, you know? Mm -hmm. And then it made me think of my husband's parents who also refuse to leave their home, right? And and move into one of um, the siblings' houses because they're, you know, they're a lot older now. You know, Jonathan is one of four, the baby of four. So it's interesting which i understand i understand why his parents want to stay in mississippi but no one else lives in mississippi right to, to kind of watch them and take care of them and help them so it's very stressful on on the kids and i i understand that's their home they built that home that was like their safe place for their baby chicks you know that was their safety nest but it is interesting to see different perspectives different opinions about you know, it being a decline or not about, you know, everyone joining in or, or moving in with your children or children moving back, boomeranging to you, this and that, you know, I, I find it very, very interesting. It is. And actually, I've been thinking about it for years because it is very interesting. And I've, I've always thought that, and, and they used that word and that's why it caught, called my, I, I always thought of the nest as a safety net. Yes, they did use that. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I loved that they used it, and how that eroded. Yes, because whether you want to use it or not, whether you want to leave or come back, and we've talked about this in other podcasts, how our nest is like a little fist. Yet you, mm -hmm. you guys are so fiercely independent. Right, those two things can can coexist. You know, we we think of teams, right? And and our society is always talking about you know, hey team, uh, you know, and you're in the corporate world, it's the management team or right. uh, everybody works together and, right. you know, your work the, family, the, you're the best teams right. work together. And so, you know, so why is it and, and support each other and et cetera, et cetera. So, so I made a, a, a distinction uh, and actually a correlation between that mentality of the team and why sometimes it doesn't translate to the family. And that's just a question I have in my head, and, yeah. and we can talk more about this another day. But there's sort of like a, a dichotomy of, of standards of sorts. And as I see it, uh, I mean, I haven't processed this a lot, only that I loved that they used it as a, uh, a safety net and how it's eroded in that way. What they were talking about is that as countries got richer over the decades, fertility rates dropped. And then that welfare states expanded, eroding the importance of family as a safety net. So that's what you're, right, and you know, right. uh, the rise of services and time-saving technologies and all this stuff helped women go into workforce, right? And then they began to have children later and divorce rates went up and cohabitation between unmarried couples went up. I think it's all so interesting how all these external, how all these life events and external shocks can literally shift even fertility rates, baby booms or deaths. It goes both ways. You know, actually, they were talking about the backup from the eight, 1918 pandemic, how at that time, which is different from now, it actually attacked mostly 
young adults, a lot of young parents died and like a huge proportion. It was crazy. I know that I think it killed oh, yes, of the 50 million people, more people than both World Wars combat soldiers dying. Right. That's insane. And so now you have this pool of orphans. And then they talked about the whole, um, the horrific um, AIDS victims in uh, Sub-Saharan Africa and how the same thing, the younger, the younger parents, the young adults were dying, horrifically leaving these children behind. So then the family unit became, what did they call it? Skipped generation households. So they'd be grandparents and grandchildren. The extended family took over. Yeah. The extended family took over. It's so weird how he, all this stuff literally affects population and and. And it, it's just insane. What else did they say about the spikes of births? You know, I, I have a friend and, and we talk about this. She talks about it. You know, some people think that it couldn't be worse than what it is now. But I've been hmm. hearing that for, yeah, I'm 65. Or it couldn't be what? worse than what, the pandemic now? 40, uh, yeah, every year is like, oh my God, it was so better before. Now it's, it's like, no. And I, I always feel... Okay, I always feel that it's just a matter of, you know, unveiling, unveiling what was there and that it sort of goes full circle because I'm mm -hmm. thinking of the time that, you know, when we had our recession and the boomeranging of young adults coming back and that's what used to happen before. Exactly. I feel like there's just always, it's like a circle. It's like a circle. Yeah. And, um, and whether you physically come home or not, Uh, but but let's talk about physically coming back home, right? The boomerang. Mm -hmm. In in my opinion, right? In my being, it's so comforting to think that that you have a safety net. Absolutely. Even if you never use it, you know. Even if you never go there, but know that that uh, that you can, and that it's okay, and it, there it should be no reflection on the success of the person or, you know, or, or what it is, because at the end of the day, a lot of cultures just choose to live that way. Right. Because they like it. Yeah. Well, they're saying that there's going to be that there's pretty much a new boomeranging happening now because college students, you know, campuses were closed for so long. People lost jobs, unfortunately, or people just decided to move back to home with their parents. And even though they didn't live, like you said, in the same house, they moved back home to be closer to family. But, you know, it also says that there's pros and cons to that, right? Some people's families got back together, reunited, grew, um, but also horrific, you know, domestic violence went up. And so you have to look at the, you know, there's always a, you know, a dark side and a light the side. The realities, the realities of everything. The yes. rea You really see the realities of everyone's life. And not everyone, um, unfortunately, sadly, you know, not everyone has a healthy home life, right? So that's, that's really, really sad. That, that's so true. Well, this article ends in like, they're saying arrangements for care of the elderly and very young are under the microscope. You know, now adult children are may take on more caring of their parents in the future rather than a home. And that they also might, you know, it, it might make it aware that, uh, you know, the value of having grandparents around and other relatives nearby for, for not only for child care, but just to be around your family, right? It, it is such an important topic to, to process. For, for everybody, because everybody's life is so specific, inundated with so many variables, which 
allow you to make one decision or the other. From personal experience, I, I, you know, I, I went through that with with my dad, with both of them, but particularly with my dad, ten years with with uh, the progression of Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. um, and we've talked about it before. You know, we just looked at it. You know, what do we do next? And now with my mom, I realize that because she has declined mm-hmm. in such a way that she's so much more dependent than she was before. So that's another brand new thing. You know, we live in the same building. I live on the seventh floor. She lives on the third floor. What do we do? You know, we have options. Can we have someone help us and she can stay in her apartment and and then I can go up and down or... But she sleeps with us now and I just really want her to stay here. I'm still processing this and and I and I'm okay with processing it with everybody and I hope that people who have can maybe shed some light, some insight, just share some feelings. I just realized last night that I feel the same way about my mom now as when I had the girls, right? Mm-hmm. You know, what am I going to do? Am I going to go work? I mean, there's no right and wrong. We do what we can do. Period, and what you want to do. And what you want to right. do. You know, within the scope of taking care of the person that you love, right? Or having someone taking care of. But I'm thinking, I, I you know, our hands are tied. Having a 90-year-old in a declining state is like having a baby in the sense that mm-hmm. you really always need someone to be there with them. And so right now we have to take her everywhere and we do accept that some places she doesn't even want to go and it's really hard to move her around. She walks, but she walks with her walker very slow. She's losing the ability to to really stand on her own. And I'm thinking, what are we going to do? So that's a decision I'm and I th- I am gravitating toward mm-hmm. I want to spend this time with you. I don't really want to just give you to someone else right now. It's sort of a selfish thing. But at the same time, I want some freedom. Sometimes I want to run. Yeah, of course. And so we're 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 sort of going through that right now and so our nest is 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 going to have a little shift, but I think I know where I'm going or where where I want to go. You need help. And I need help. I thought I didn't need help, but I really do. For I your really health, be- for your mental health, your physical health, for your yeah. sanity, like not one per- one person can't do all the things, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's impossible and it's hard because you don't, you, now you have to trust a, a stranger with your very fragile and vulnerable mother and the pandemic. And so, the pandemic. Who am I going to bring? Right now, probably no one. I, I mean, who am I going to bring? But you have to kind of they have go to be and, vaccinated yeah. you know what's your lifestyle lifestyle within that you know vaccination um so you know here we are in our nests ever yeah. changing yes trying to discern in community uh i invite any of you listening who hear us and has a different sense of direction or different or the same uh to share with us that would make us so much richer right and you can open up horizons that we're maybe totally blind to Mm -hmm. so uh what do you say i think we'll end it there we'll end it there that's it 
So I um, hope you guys enjoyed this. Again, if you want to share your stories, we'd love to hear it. If you want to share your opinions, we'd love to hear them. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you all and talk to you all uh, next week. Love you, everybody. Bye-bye. All of your success, she says, all the great things ahead, I'll be here when it's time.